What's up? My name is Lucas, and thanks for checking out the GT Young Adults podcast. We're a community from GT Church in Victoria, BC. We love Jesus, have a passion to learn, grow, and live like Him, and man, we have a ton of fun doing it. All of the messages and conversations you find here will point you to His truth and His hope. So lean into whatever God wants to speak to you today. Enjoy what you're about to hear, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, good evening, Six. So glad you're here tonight. Man, this is an exciting Sunday to be a part of GT Church, no matter what service you've been coming to. Uh, we've got West Shore Campus launching. we got Sydney Bakery Donuts at welcome parties all day long. Come on, somebody. Uh, just a lot of good things. My sweet new baby and my wife are here. Just a good day to be in church. It's a good day in church. Don't come up and talk to him, though. He's sleeping. Leave him alone. Uh, tonight, we have a, just, a, uh, just a special preacher, someone who you maybe have, obviously you guys all know and heard, but I just think it's important to continue to reinforce the cultural value for, for this whole church that we have, and that's just a value of honor. Uh, Pastor Lisa works so much harder than anyone else on staff, like, and she, she holds us all to that as well. But no, she's, she's, she's so, like, she would never complain. I, I need you to know this, the kind of, I like to share the behind-the-scenes stuff of Pastor Andy and Lisa, because you guys always see them up here, um, but you don't always see the behind-the-scenes like I get to. Um, work, she worked so tirelessly. She was hosting this morning. She preached at the two. She's been at every single service this week. She runs and oversees so many aspects of the church that none of you even know. And here's the best thing about her. She has such a heart for the individual. Like she just literally cares about the individual person and what they're going through and their name and, and, and what, what, what's gone in their week. And she's like, yeah, I know them. They've, they've gone through this. I was praying for them last week. Or I know them. I visited them over here. Or I know them. I brought, I brought them uh, donuts because they were going through this thing. And I'm always just really blown away, Pastor Lisa, by your consideration, your compassion for the individual. It makes me sometimes feel like not as good a pastor as you, but then it inspires me to be a better pastor. And so can you put your hands together and welcome Come up, Pastor Lisa, she comes to share. Come on, we can do so much better than that. Let's go. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. Oh, wow. Standing ovation by three people, two of which are members of my family. So good to be with you guys. I also love that Lucas wears a lanyard while he is on the stage, just to be like, I'm on team and I'm the pastor here. We love you guys. We love... Lucas and Trina, we love this community, and uh, our, our kids were, were raised on Sunday nights in the front pew, and so we believe in young adults. At one point in life, Andy was the young adults guy, and uh, this was his jam, and so now we have passed the baton gladly, and we just cheer you guys on and, and try to just always make space. And, and I'll have you know that there were a lot of people that were disappointed that we changed this service to be only for young adults because they were like, well, I'm not young, but I like coming to this. And, and we said, you know what? In the pandemic, we know how much this demographic suffered and we're prioritizing this age group, no matter what it costs us, because we believe in you. We believe in the value of what you offer and that you are the church that is arising and gonna lead in the future. And so we believe in your demographic and that's why we do this. So we love you. Good to be here with you tonight, and we're going to continue in our series, Heaven on Earth, and I'm going to be preaching out of Matthew chapter 6 um, about the topic of worry. And I think that most of the things that Jesus talks about are easy to find ourselves in. Some are a little harder, but this one's a really easy one. 
It's not very hard. You don't have to look very far to think about worry in your own life, in your own situation, in the world today, and see how this would be applicable to our lives, not just the people 2,000 years ago, but us today. And so um, whether it's worrying about the fact that there's a war going on in the world, and you know, we talk with our kids about what, what does this mean? What is this going to look like? My son, <laughs> I'm not even kidding, was like, Mom, I got myself kind of pumped up. And I was like, okay, if this comes here, I've got to be ready. I've got to play Call of Duty and be ready to go fight. And it's sort of kidding, sort of not kidding. It's, it's real. It's personal. We're starting to think, like, what is going on in this world? What's the future going to look like? What about the unrest and the division in our own country? And, you know, rallies and divisions and, and friendships being broken apart and restrictions and vaccines. And it's really nice to see your faces today, but we're not through this yet, are we? And so there's worry about these things. There's, there's worry about the personal things in our own lives, the things maybe you don't talk about very much, the things maybe no one knows about, that you're worried about family, about relationships about finances and school and jobs. And this is a time of life where you worry about the future. What is this going to look like? And, and health, security, unsaved loved ones. There's so many things that can plague us. And so Jesus is speaking right into our lives, right into where we're at with a really relevant text today. So we're going to read from Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. You know, there are Bibles in the pews. I know it's dark in here, but I love for you to know that they're there for you to use. Um, so you can follow along if you like a physical Bible. Otherwise, the verses will be on the screen. I'm going to read a chunk of text, and then we're going to go through it and talk about what Jesus is teaching us. <clears throat> Here's what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. We're going to pause right there. So Jesus is talking about common worries for this group of people that he was talking to. It might be easy to read this and think, like, I'm not really that worried about what I, if I'm going to have clothes to wear, if I'm going to have food to put on my table tomorrow. Um, but these were common worries for the people he was talking to. And can I just remind you that the context is important, but the, the concept that he's teaching always applies, whether this specific worry belongs to you or not. We're blessed to live in a place where we don't have to usually worry about what, if we're going to eat tomorrow, if we're going to have clothes to wear tomorrow. Some people do. We usually don't, but we have other worries that like we talked about. So the concepts Jesus is teaching always applies. And let me just start by saying the tone that Jesus is using here is not corrective. It's not condemning. He's not saying like, silly you, you're so stupid. Why are you worrying about that? Um, he's not correcting. He's not shaking his finger. He's being a father. And he's saying, can I help you? Can I help you understand that I know what it's like and I have a way forward for you? I want to help you in this. I want to teach you. I want to love you and care for you like a good parent. So that's his tone here. 
When he talks about worry, he's using a term that's deeper than worry. It's not like, I'm worried that, you know, my two socks don't match. Not really that. It's, it's like an anxious, deep kind of worry, a fearful worry that grips our heart. It's the same word that's used for anxiety. He's talking about being consumed by fear. And how many of you know that when you're in that place, it makes it really hard to trust God? So he wants to help us find a pathway through that. Worry is something that can immobilize us. It can paralyze us. I think we've all felt like that at different times. It's different than genuine concern. Genuine concern can lead us to action. We've been talking about the Ukraine. We talked, um, maybe you heard last week a report that we have, this church has raised $91,000 to help people in the Ukraine in just under two weeks. That's genuine concern. I love that this is a church that's like, we're going to pray and we're going to give because we're genuinely concerned. We're not going to be paralyzed by worry or by fear. We're going to get into action. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying don't plan for the future. He's not saying don't be wise. Just be flippant. And who even cares? Who even cares? Don't even go to university. It doesn't matter what job you get. It's all going to end anyways. and You're going to go to heaven. He's not saying that. He's not saying I don't understand what it's like to live in this world and have to plan for things. He's not saying don't work hard. He's saying there's a difference between planning for tomorrow and worrying about tomorrow. I love the phrase that Nikki Gumbel says. He's the leader of Alpha. And he says, think ahead, plan ahead, just don't worry ahead. So let's look at what Jesus teaches us. A couple things he teaches us about worry um, that are clear and obvious but he's helping us. The first, the first thing is so practical. I love practical. He's teaching us that worry is pointless. We know that in our minds, don't we? You've all had a conversation with your friend who's worrying about something, about a relationship, about an assignment, about family, and you're like, you know what? Worrying isn't gonna help you. It's not gonna change it. We know that in our minds, but Jesus wants to remind us that in our hearts. Verse 27 said, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Another version says, can you add a single cubit to your feet, to your height? Can you get taller by worrying? Can you extend your life by worrying? Of course not. We know that worry can't change the past. Worry can't change the future. That's usually what we're worrying about is into the future, but we can't change it. It can't change the present. It's actually powerless. It has no power over us. All that it has the power to do is to wear out your mind, wear out your body. We know there's physical ramifications for anxiety, isn't there? And so worry is pointless. Second, worry is blind. It doesn't see clearly. It's not rational. Worry refuses to learn the lessons of nature. Jesus is talking about the birds, and he's talking about the flowers, and it seems kind of funny, a little bit trite, like, Okay, that's great. I'm not a bird. Why are you comparing me to a bird? Uh, what he's saying is, like, the birds are, are just a, a created animal. They're not the pinnacle of creation. They're not created in my image like a human is. And they don't even have to worry. So why would you have to worry when you're the one that I created in my image, who I love, who I gave my life for? They don't have to worry about, like, where's the next little stick for my nest? 
We have this bird building a nest on our front porch and, and they're constantly getting sticks and dropping them everywhere. And it's like, they drop them all over the porch. They poop all over the porch. They're not worried about it. They're not worried about where their next little branch is going to come from. They're not worried if like, I hope it rains tonight so I can get some worms because it only, I can only get worms if it rains. What's the percentage chance of rain? They're not worried. They're just like, the worms will be there. The sticks will be there. Someone else is going to clean up my poop. The birds aren't worried, and so we shouldn't be either. Worry doesn't learn the lessons of nature. Worry also refuses to learn the lessons of history. The lessons that remind us that God is faithful. And that's when he's talking about the flowers of the field and how they're clothed beautifully. I think about the flowers at this time of year. It's my favorite because it's like been such a long winter. And then all of a sudden you see like the little green sprout coming up in your yard. or You're walking outside and you see these little shoots of green and it's like, God is faithful. Doesn't that remind you every time you see a flower blooming? Like someone planted that at some point, but I have a house where I didn't plant any of those bulbs and every year they come up. Every year I don't water them. I don't fan them. I don't put like a heat lamp on them. I don't protect them. I do nothing at all. And every spring they come up because God's faithful to be like, I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you water at the right time from the rain. I'm going to give you heat, whatever, all the things you need. I'm going to take care of it. And once again, you're going to get exactly what you need to bloom in the right time. So let's be people that learn from nature, that learn from the birds, learn from the flowers. God is faithful. The last thing Jesus, I see that he's kind of teaching us here is, that makes me feel better, is that worry is natural. Jesus understands what it's like to be a human. That's maybe one of the best things about him, is that he became just like us. So he could say, I sympathize with you. I know what it's like to walk in your shoes, literally. I know what it's like to be a human. I know what it's like to be hungry and thirsty and alone and scared and deserted and all the feelings that we have. He also had them. He can sympathize. So he knows it's natural. In verse 32, it said, for the pagans run after all these things, clothes and eating. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? But your heavenly father knows that you need them. Pagans is not a word we really use. It's maybe like a little bit offensive now. Um, it just means unbelievers. It's like people who haven't put their faith in Jesus. Even people who don't trust Jesus, those people run after these things. This is normal. The, the New Living Translation says, these things, what they're going to eat, drink, wear, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So it's natural, but Jesus is calling us to be people who are supernatural, he says, I know it's natural, but would you lift your eyes higher? You're not like them. You know that you have a father who loves you. You be people who are supernatural, who are filled with faith, who understand that this kingdom that I can see, that I can touch, that I can feel, that I build every day is not all there is. There's something eternal. There's something that's going to last forever. And you know, have you ever thought of the fact that worry only exists on earth? only in the natural realm. There's no worry in heaven. It's not a supernatural thing. Jesus is calling us to not take our cue from culture. How many places in the Bible is Jesus saying, don't you take your cue from the culture? And this is a really important message for this generation especially. You could easily just go along with everything the culture teaches you, but that's not going to lead you into life. That's going to lead you to a place that has no future. And Jesus is saying, don't take your cue from the culture. Be people of faith, because faith is the antidote to worry. 
faith is the opposite of worry. It's going to counteract. It's going to battle it in your life. And that's what you need to build into so that you cannot walk in worry. So, so Jesus is giving us a pathway here. And I just want to talk about two thoughts about the pathway that he gives us out of worry and into faith. So if we step back, when I, look, when I first read this passage, I was like, this isn't even about worry. This is about focus. This is about what I'm looking at, what I'm getting my eyes on, where I'm putting my attention. Focus is what you're putting your attention on. What are you preoccupied with? What it's, what's dominating your thoughts, as verse 32 says? You know, we only have limited mental resources, right? We only have so much that can fill our mind at one time, so many thoughts we can have in a day. And so what are the things that we're thinking about? And are those the things that you would say really matter to you? These are hard questions. They're heart questions. Jesus always gets right to the heart of the matter, doesn't he? Have any of you ever done a diet where you have to, like, log all the food that you eat in a day? That's a horrible experience. You should never do that. I don't like doing that because I like having treats, and I'm like, I don't want to write down that I ate a brownie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not tell that I ate a brownie, even though it's only for myself that I'm writing it down. So I don't like doing that because it requires me to be very honest. What if we had to take a log of our thoughts for a whole day, an inventory of our thoughts? That'd be a very honest analysis of what we're thinking about as we get up in the morning, as we have time in the car, on the bus, as we're working at school, as we're interacting with people, when we just have quiet moments in our own mind. What are you thinking about? What's dominating your thoughts? Because those are the things that you're focusing on. Those are probably the things that you're naturally going to worry about. They're going to consume the most of your mental energy. Have you ever noticed that? The things that you're focusing on are the things you naturally worry about. I was talking about my kids having like this obsession with white shoes. And so like I joined them in my white shoe obsession. But they, they always want all these like perfect white shoes. But then they're so focused on keeping the shoes white that it's like I can't wear it to school because the field is muddy and I think it's like 40% chance of rain today so I better not wear the shoes because they're going to get dirty and my friend stepped on them yesterday and then I got to use like a magic erase on it and like we're obsessing about the white shoes I'm just going to buy black shoes from now on because this is craziness but have you noticed like the thing that you're thinking about the most is the thing that you're going to worry about the most Jesus is saying fix your eyes on me Focus on what I'm doing, not on what you're doing, not on the things you can see, but on the things that you can't always see, but that are eternal. They're going to last forever. And we don't have to worry when we focus on the things of Jesus because we trust him, because he's good. So we're going to examine our focus. We're going to take an inventory and see where our focus really is. And then the second thing is to invest in eternal things. That's the second way you can move out of worry and into faith. Invest in eternal things. So focus is where you put your attention, then investment is where you put your resources. In the same way we only have limited mental resources, we're very aware of the fact that we only have limited physical resources, right? We only have so much money. We can only, you know, buy this kind of car and and buy this kind of house and spend this much on clothes and as much as Andy would disagree, you can only eat out so many times in one week. You can only afford that a few times in the week, not every single day. We only have limited resources. So 
what we focus on is probably going to be where we put our resources. That's a natural thing for us. That's where we're going to invest, the thing that we're focused on. So let's talk about focus. We're going to back up a few more, or talk about investment, sorry. We're going to back up a few verses to another section just before. I'm going to read you a couple more verses, starting in verse 19 of Matthew 6. And it's talking about treasures in heaven. And this ties in exactly with this idea of investment. Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Maybe you've heard that verse before. That's a key verse here. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It's not the opposite way. It's the thing that's the most important to you, the most valuable to you, the thing you focus the most on and invest the most into, that's where your heart is going to be. So we need to evaluate where our treasure is because that's the honest truth about where our heart is. What we treasure the most actually begins to control us. Sometimes that's a hard thing for us to admit. What we trust in, what we treasure the most, that becomes our God. That becomes a thing we want to please. That becomes a thing we focus on. And so Jesus is giving this really simple picture of saying, if you store up treasures on earth, these things are all going to be broken. They're going to be stolen. They're going to be lost. They're going to be destroyed. It's like quite disgusting, actually. Like moths and vermin are going to destroy it. Like rats are going to come and eat it. It's going to be gone. It's worthless. But he gives us an alternative. You know, if you see the word but in the Bible... That's one of the most important words because Jesus is about to flip things for you. He's like, this is the way you think. I know, I understand, but I'm going to give you a different way. This whole Sermon on the Mount is like about Jesus flipping the way we think and saying there's a different kingdom you can build into. There's a kingdom of heaven that I'm bringing. There's a kingdom you can't see. I want to teach you about it. And so he's always flipping things for us. And that's what he does here. He says, but you can store up treasures in heaven instead of on earth. You can invest in things that are eternal. So what are the things that are eternal? People are eternal. Our bodies are not, but our souls are eternal. So you invest in people. You be like a lover of people who's committed to people's souls, to committed to sharing the gospel with whoever you can, committed to caring for people and building them up and investing in them. That's going to last forever. The things that Jesus talks about and teaches about, the gospel of Jesus, salvation, those last forever, hope, peace, joy, love, like the fruit of the Spirit, those things last forever. Acts of sacrifice, just small little things. Someone this morning um, gave me a picture that they they had seen somebody um, writing about, that there's like in heaven, there's these you know, little gifts wrapped up and it's like every act of sacrifice you've ever, you've ever done in your life, every act of generosity becomes like a little gift. And when you get to heaven, it's there waiting for you because it lasts forever. Those, you're building into things that are eternal. And so Jesus just keeps pushing us back to this place of, of saying, fix your eyes on things, not that you can see, but things that last forever. So what do we do, just quickly, if we get to a place where we're doing this analysis and we realize, yeah, I think that my focus is on the wrong thing. I think that 
I'm focusing too much on money. I'm focusing too much on these the things of the world that don't last. They become too important in my life. And and just as a brief side note, I just want to say you can flip that around. You can take control back. You can use discipline. You can when we talk about fasting, that's a way of saying I'm going to flip things so that I I don't say that like food controls me, but I control it. My body doesn't control me. I control it. That's why you do. That's why you fast. That's why you have discipline in your life where you say, I don't, I'm not controlled by things. I control them. So sometimes you need to flip the narrative. You need to ask God to help you do that, to reveal that to you. You know, a discipline um, is simplicity. And that's like going without something that you could buy. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Maybe you wait to buy something. You start to take control of things instead of letting them lead the way. And, and so those are things you can ask God about. He can speak to you about that. He can open your eyes to how you can start to build treasures in heaven. Imagine if we focused as much on the kingdom of God and the things that are eternal as we do on social media. And I say this for myself too. I'm with you in it. Imagine if we... God is good at building up treasure in heaven as we do, as good as we are at that video game that we've mastered. I mean, we spend a lot of time on things that just fill our time, that are fun and nice and have no value, no eternal value. Imagine the impact of living as people who invested our effort, invested our focus and our energy into things that last forever. The last verse is the, is the key verse that kind of brings this all together. It's Matthew 6, 33, and it wraps it all up. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. Constantly seek the kingdom of God. Put your focus there into what's eternal. Invest into God's kingdom. Make it your priority And there's not going to be a lot of energy left for other things. There's not going to be a lot of room left for worry because you're going to be so focused. You're going to be so invested. And there's such a beautiful promise in this verse. And all these things, all those things you were worried about, they're going to be given to you. I'm going to take care of it. It's such a beautiful promise. So like you can go after all the things you can see and feel and touch and you can build your kingdom and you can build your wealth and you can build everything on earth. And and at the end of it, it's gone. Or you can focus on things that last forever, on eternal things that we talked about, on people and on virtues and on God's kingdom. And you're going to do that. And guess what? As a side, he's going to take care of all the things you need anyways. You're going to get them both. I think that's a better option. That's how I want to live so that I get both. He's not saying I'm not going to take care of the things of this world. He says all these things will be given to you as well. I love the verbs in this passage. They just... Look through the action words. Refuse to worry about tomorrow. Forsake your worries. Deal with each challenge one day at a time. These are all different versions of these verses. The message says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Just surround yourself with it. Fill yourself up with it. Jesus is asking us to lift our eyes up. Lift our eyes beyond what we can see and touch and feel and build on this earth to what's unseen, to what's eternal. Focus on those things. Invest in that kingdom. And it's never going to be taken away from you.
It's like the Israelites wandering in the desert. Do you know the story where every day God dropped bread from heaven for them, manna from heaven. He said, I'm gonna give you just enough for today. If you focus on me, you keep your eyes on me, I'm gonna give you exactly what you need for today. Just enough, not too much, not too little, not too early, not too late. And what about tomorrow? I gotta get extra manna for tomorrow. They couldn't do that because it would go rotten. The point was, I'm gonna give you what you need for today. And then tomorrow you keep your eyes on me, I'm gonna give you what you need for tomorrow. And the next day I'm gonna give you what you need for that day, just enough, just in the right time. Just keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes fixed on that pillar of fire. He was leading them around and, and he gave them the manna every day. And he promises the same for us. Keep your eyes on him, lift your eyes up, get them higher. He's gonna take care of the rest. He knows your needs. He's a good father. And you know, even if things don't all work out exactly the way we hope they will, even if that sick person dies, even if the war rages on, gets worse before it gets better, even if we all get COVID like every year for the rest of our lives and it never goes away, if you live this way, you're building something that's gonna last for eternity. If you focus on eternal things and build into this kingdom, you're building something that can never be taken away from you. And worry will be displaced at the center of your heart, the center of your life. I'd love to pray for you today. You know, God knows those things that, that are filling your mind with worry, filling your heart, and he wants to help you. So let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true, not just 2,000 years ago, but it's true today, it's true for us. And we see ourselves here and, and God, we just acknowledge that there are things that are heavy for us and we get our eyes so fixed on what we can see. Would you help us, Jesus, to lift our eyes, to see your reality, to see the kingdom of heaven with spiritual eyes. Would you, would you open our eyes to see what it is that you're doing because we wanna be part of it. We wanna build into things that are eternal. So correct us where we need correction and show us opportunities to invest in things that last forever. Jesus, we know that this isn't all there is. This life isn't all there is. We wanna build into your kingdom. We need your help. We love you, Jesus. We do trust you. Even when we can't see what's next, we trust you for what we need today. And we trust you that someday in eternity, there's gonna be gifts that are waiting for us to unwrap. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.